Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode, it's another classic because Dateline is still in repeats. I don't know why. They're out to get us. So this wow. is an episode called In the Middle of the Night. I go walking in my sleep through the valley of through the river so deep. I don't know all the words to that song, but I do like Billy Joel. That was close enough. And also, I forgot that that was Billy Joel. So this oh. episode it is season 20, episode 53, and it aired on June 8th, 2012, hosted by our Mankey with a hanky. So this is a 10-year-old episode, so I think I can safely say Baby Mankey. Also, trigger warning, this episode obviously has murder because this is a Date with Dateline episode, but also sexual assault. So you might want to choose not to listen if that bothers you, as it should. It should bother all of us. But I'm saying if you can't listen to it, I, we understand. So this takes place in 1984, which makes me really happy because in the 80s, just incredible. I've been watching Stranger Things. In a very 80s place. I have been saving it. Should I not be saving it? Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's great. There's one guy you're going to love in this season. Oh, great. So you don't mean you've been saving the whole thing, just this latest season. I actually have two seasons. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's how Joni will react when I tell her that later. So, 1984. We're taking it all the way back. A woman named Sheila gets a call that her friend, who is 20-year-old Angie Samoda, was murdered in a very brutal attack. She was stabbed. Angie grew up in Amarillo, Texas, and we are still at the point where we're talking about her murder, so I'm going to be really respectful and not do an accent. It's very difficult. Thank you. She was going to school and had just bought a condo. Angie was a double major in engineering and computer science when women didn't even do that. And also, I didn't even know there were computers in 1984, besides war games type computer. But that's why it's such a big deal. Because computers, I think, were the size of the rooms that you're sitting in. So like a computer science major meant you know how to work with soldering irons and things. I feel like... You had to actually build the computer. So her friend tells us that she was the life of the party and had joie de vivre, although her friend pronounces it slightly differently than that but joie de vivre that's what she she said. pronounces it. no she says something differently but it's fine i liked the way she said it better actually she said what did she jo- say joy de vie but i feel like that's nice it's joy i did not hear joy de vie i heard joie de vie maybe my ears uh, immediately tuned it yeah like autocorrected when you text yeah. my ears autocorrected it for me also, Joy DeVee is somebody who worked at a shoe store in the 80s, right? Joy DeVee yeah. doesn't sound like it. Can you see if Joy's working yeah. today? I really need her to cover my lunch shift because I'm, I got to go out with James. Something like that. <laughs> Gosh, the mall. 80s in the mall. The mall. Also the 90s in the mall. Yeah. White tennis shoes, business suits. Yeah. Right. So Angie was beautiful. She got flowers from guys. She got notes on her car from random guys, which is, I don't like, terrifying, overstepping, super creepy. Maybe in the 80s that that was okay. But nowadays, that's not okay. That's creepy. Don't do that. Not okay. 
don't touch someone else's car and show that you were watching them as they were going into a store. I don't like that. Okay, but question though. What if you spotted someone maybe I'm just... in the store and you guys had a little bit of a moment and you felt like there was some sort of connection there and then you go out to your car and there's a note on your car. It's not creepy then, right? No, because this, they would have written the note before you. they talked to you, right? So they just... No, let's say they checked out before you. You saw them check out and you were like, How did Aw. they know what car you were in then? They saw you go in maybe the Maybe you had had a conversation in the automotive lane and you were like, I have to find this exact paint for my red Chevy. Well, then you deserve it because you told a stranger what kind of car you drive. And that's not smart either, folks. Deserve what? A cute note from someone you might have had a meet cute with? I just I'm am saying so there skeptical. Is an instance in which it works. I know Cutes you are. In the movies are not creepy, and in real life, I feel like it's creepy no matter what. It's always going to be creepy to me. Depends. Which is why I'm alone, and I'm fine with that. Also, if I got a note from somebody on the car, I'd be like, he has car blindness. He meant to put it in someone else's car. So Mank says, to one of Angie's friends, am I right that she didn't have the best taste in men? And the friend agrees she did not have the best taste in men, but she was very young. And again, this was a different time. This was in the 80s. So first, her first real boyfriend was Lance. And I don't trust him. The only Lance I trust is Lance. Bass. His last name. Bass. That is exactly who I was thinking of. Absolutely not. Bass. 100% Bass all the way. So this Lance, though, she had dated in high school and freshman year in college, and he was terrible. He had a temper. He scared her. And once he pulled a knife on her, Lance, terrible news. Yeah. Much like Lance Armstrong was to Cheryl Crow. Ben was her current boyfriend, and he was the opposite of Lance. Very nice guy, gentle an older man, though. She was in college, remember? He was older. He was a construction worker. We don't know how much older. I think he was still he in his 20s. He just graduated. Yeah. I think he was a little older. I, don't, he, I didn't they mean didn't to imply it was, was like, like a 90-day fiancé type age gap a here. A 58-year-old man who yeah. had come into her life. They had had a meet cute. He left a note on her <laughs> right. car. No, I think, I think Ben had just graduated before her. Yeah. So. And then the third man in her life is a current... Third guy in Angie's life, Russell. He is a new friend. And in fact, he had gone out with her that night when she was murdered. It was Angie, Russell, her new friend, and Angie's friend, Anita. So a very strange pairing of three young people going out, none of whom are dating each other. Angie has a boyfriend at home. I feel like that's college. I agree. You wind up going out with weird people, like a couple of people cancel, and you end up going out with people that maybe aren't your normal, all of you going out together. So it's just a few of you, and Russell's new to this group. So the three of them went to a bunch of bars and clubs that night, and Angie's boyfriend, Ben, was not there. But he knew Angie was going out with Russell and Anita, but he wasn't the jealous type. And her friends think there's no way Ben would hurt her. So the night ended at 1 a.m. Angie dropped Russell off at his place. That was within walking distance of her place. Her friend Anita was going to stay at Angie's but didn't. They were supposed to meet the next day at a football game, but Angie didn't show up. And Angie 
Anita hears then that Angie has been murdered. And Anita feels so guilty that she didn't spend the night with her. Would things have been different if I had? Girl, it's not your fault. Ben is actually the last person to see Angie alive because after Angie dropped off Anita and Russell, she stopped by her boyfriend Ben's place. And they hung out very quickly, and then she left to go home. And Ben is the one who called the police, and the police think he sounds way too calm. He doesn't sound like, if we can go back to Sheila Davalu's boyfriend, Nelson, who was very, well, Sheila, it was the woman who was murdered, not Sheila, but, well, actually, Sheila was dating him, too. It was a whole thing. That guy, Nelson, was very calm. He actually fell asleep when his girlfriend was murdered. Yeah. Ben doesn't sound quite that calm. But he does sound fairly calm. Police get, police get there. They find Angie has been stabbed 18 times, many in her heart. Horrible. And Horrible. she's naked. And mm. they couldn't think who had done this. She didn't seem to have any enemies, although she had broken a lot of hearts. And this does seem to be very overkill. And she was stabbed in her heart. Symbolic? So police think Ben, her boyfriend, is super sus. They think his story doesn't make sense. He said Angie woke him up with a quick visit, and then she drove home. And when she got there, she called him, and it was 1.45 a.m. And she said, I let this man in that I don't know into my place to use my phone and my bathroom. Nope. And Nope. Right. No. And she said she sounded like not comfortable with the situation. And then she hung up, but she said, I promise I'll call you back. She never called back. He got very worried. Ben did. So he drove over because he was calling her back and she wasn't answering. So he drives over and she doesn't answer the door. And he has this old school car phone in his truck in the 80s. Drugs. Drug dealer. <laughs> See, and I was thinking, marry that man. He is a success. He has or one. Or he's of, dealing drugs. Or he's a drug dealer. Both Cartels. can be true, Katie. Cartels. So, yeah, he's in the. He's part of the cartel. So he called from his car phone, and the police thought he sounded very calm. And he's saying she won't answer the door. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. But they only have his version of events. They can't go into cell phone records because there are no cell phone records at that time. So they don't know even if she did call him to say, I let somebody into my house. So they only have his version of the story. So police go into the bedroom. Wait, she didn't call him from a cell phone. No, that is true. They couldn't get any cell, any car, any landline records even, I guess. In the 80s? Yeah, that's what... That's what Mank said, but... No, that feels weird to me. Yeah, it does seem strange. So police go into her bedroom and they find her and they tell Ben that she has been found dead. And Ugh. again, he's very calm. He doesn't ask what condition she was in, how she was killed. Those kind of questions, which is a Why? huge red flag. Huge red flag. Yeah. So Ben's story may have been sus, but Ben himself was squeaky clean, which is exactly what Mank said, except he did not say sus, because Mank doesn't speak like that. Because he's a professional. He said something like, Ben's story may have been suspicious. I don't have time for that. I have short time. Wow. 
I'm so busy. So Ben squeaky clean. And what he means by that is Ben smells like soap and has a clean pressed shirt. But his story was he got woken up by her when she came after the club. And then it's like 2 a.m. So did Mm -hmm. he shower? Why is he wearing a clean pressed shirt? Very sus again. Soap sus. Soapy sus. Soap. Soapy sus. Soap is sus. You're soapy sus. And you're so clean that you smell like ivory? Police also check out Lance. Now, Lance was her first boyfriend, the violent one, who had pulled a knife on her, and she has now been stabbed. Sheila, her friend, says that he was obsessed with her. One night, Angie had called her screaming, saying he had taken a knife and shredded all of her clothes. So Lance is... Terrible news. There's no forced entry at her house, so Angie let in the person. So either it was Ben that she let in, it was Lance that she let in, or Ben's story is true and she let in a stranger. Hmm. But police don't buy that story at all. They think she let in Lance or Ben. Right. Or Russell. We have a trifecta of suspects here. Okay. Russell is the man she was with that night at the club. Autopsy shows she had been sexually assaulted. So now they have some DNA, but it's the 80s again, which is some amazing fashion, but bad for DNA samples. So all they can show right now is if a person is a secretor or a non-secretor. And if that grosses you out as much as it grosses me out, and whenever Dateline mentions it, we are the same. But we do find out a little bit more about what that means. And I don't feel like usually when they mention it on Dateline, they go into it. They kind of just go, secreter, not secreter, and they move on. And they're like, don't ask questions. But Mank will explain to us what that means, which is 80% of the population are secretors. And that means your bodily fluids contain markers for your blood type. The killer, though, is a non-secretor. So he is one of the 20% of the population. So they want to see, are these dudes in her life secretors or non-secretors? Lance is a secretor. No. So what is a secreting what? Markers for your blood type. What does that mean? What is a marker for your blood type? More So let's say you sweat. Correct. So let's say you sweat. That's a body fluid Mm -hmm. or semen or whatever, saliva, that I know I can say semen in a scientific sense. Don't make that face. So You're not a scientist. (laughs) When you say it, it sounds pornographic. So if I'm a secretor and I spit into a cup, they can tell from my spit what my blood type is. But if I'm a non-secretor, which is much more rare, only 20% of the population, they can't tell. Okay. So the killer is a non-secretor which means they cannot find out what blood type this person is. But they at least know that it's a non-secretor. And it's only 20% of the population. That helps. So Lance, the violent ex, is a secretor. He secretors all over the place. He just walks down Stop the street it. secreting. No, see, you're abusing it. You're abusing high, it. He's sussily secreting. He's a sus secretor. You're abusing the system right now, and I don't appreciate it <laughs> so at all. Lance Secretor, 
he's eliminated. Also, he has an alibi. He was out of town. So hmm. it's not Lance, despite his knife play and su- overall sus- sussiness. Sussy ben. secreting. Sus- Sussy secreting. Sus- ben. Sussecreting. Current boyfriend, Ben, doesn't have scratches on him. They check his car and his apartment for blood. They don't find any. And he's a secretor, too. She only dated secretors, apparently. She has an only secreting policy. So Hmm. it's not Ben. That brings us to Russell, the man she was with at the club. He doesn't secrete. Oh, Oh snap. He is morally opposed to secreting. His religion forbades it. Forbads it. It's forbidden. Forbidden secrete. (laughs) He cannot be, can't secrete. It's sacrilegious. (laughs) There you go. <laughs> oh my now, gosh. This is all allegedly. We don't know anything about Russell's religious beliefs. Speaking of secreting, I was secreting over this meal I made from HelloFresh. No. I meant salivating. There we go. HelloFresh gives you farm fresh pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. And they have a taste of summer right now with things like. Old Bay shrimp and sausage boil. But yes. I think, but that sounds Cajun. I think you're supposed to say boil, boil, boil. Doesn't matter how you say it. It's gonna taste good. It's gonna taste good. For vegetarians like me, they have things like fully loaded tofu taquitos, and oh. the th- couple things that are amazing about those. I made them. They were incredible. Number one, they are rated as a climate superstar, and that is a thing that HelloFresh does. And I'm not sure if it's a new thing they do, but I think it's a really cool thing they do, which is recipes can be rated as climate superstars if they are among the most carbon efficient options on the menu. Oh. How cool is that? That's really cool. I am so proud of myself for making these taquitos. They were spicy and delicious. And much like Herbie, I need my taquitos fully loaded as well. Yeah. I am basically uh, jumping around from country to country and experiencing the best of their foods in my kitchen. Next, I'm going to try a torta, which is maybe yes. Spanish. You're going to like tortas. I'm That's going to be a hit. Excited. I love HelloFresh because I don't have to go to the grocery store. I'm reducing my waste because what they ship their food in is made almost entirely of recyclable or already recycled content. And HelloFresh is the first carbon neutral meal kit. And eating from HelloFresh makes me feel good about myself because they have donated millions of meals to charity. They're donating to local communities in this global food shortage that is going on. So amazing. Good for them. Good job. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline16 and use code Dateline16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Amazing. Come on. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline16 and use code Dateline16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Get the salivating right away. Check them out, guys. Get fresh, get funky. Hello, is it fresh you're (laughs) looking for? Always. Katie. You have America's number one skin. What's your secret? Oh, I've just got really, really good makeup. 
Uh, And that is all thanks to Thrive. That's your secret. And one of the things I love most about Thrive Cosmetics is not just because they're a company with a cause literally in their name, is that I have never tried a product from Thrive that I dislike. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that never happens. I just tried their black eyeliner, just something everybody has in their makeup drawer. It's called the Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner. Thrive Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner stayed exactly where I put it, sweating through the whole day. This was just a perfect black eyeliner, and I expect no less from Thrive, because the quality of Thrive Cosmetics is out of this world. And it's no surprise, because Thrive creates high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean skin-loving ingredients, formulated without parabens, sulfates, or phthalates. They're certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and they keep their promises. When an eyeliner is waterproof, it's going to stay put. You broke all your promises, but not thrive. But not thrive. And especially not with their number one best-selling product. That's right, the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara from Thrive. It's a Katie family favorite. Apparently, my niece has also gotten herself hooked, and it's no surprise, because good lashes know no age. It's a Kimberly family favorite as well. My new sister-in-law wore it when she wed my brother last month, and it looked amazing. She didn't want fake eyelashes because she wanted to look like herself, but also beautiful, and so she wore them. Like, she picked the Thrive Mascara Wore it, because it's loved liquid it. lash extensions mascara. It mimics the look of false eyelashes, but without the glue or the mm-hmm. expensive salon extensions. It lasts all day. No clumping, no smudging, no flaking. It stays on your eyes without ending up underneath your eyes. And you know a mascara is good when it has more than 20,000 five-star reviews. 20,000. And while we're here, it's summer. It's really hot outside. We need to talk about the Sunproof 3-in-1 Invisible Priming Sunscreen. It is a skincare makeup hybrid that protects the skin with SPF 37. It perfectly preps for makeup, but also helps prevent aging skin from the evil sun. It's a lightweight hydrating gel that applies clear on all skin tones. It gives this overall mm-hmm. velvet look to your complexion. It blurs my pores while helping protect me from the sun, which has really been out to get me lately. Yes, Also, it can be worn by itself. It doesn't have to be worn as a foundation primer. Don't let it fool you. I wear it alone. And I've been wearing it every day also, and it hasn't made me break out, which is a big bonus. And like we said, Thrive is a company with a cause, and they have a bigger-than-beauty mission. For every product Mm -hmm. purchased, Thrive donates to help communities thrive. They have over 300 giving partners across the country supporting numerous causes. So now is a great time to thrive and to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. You can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com forward slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. Get ready to thrive with Thrive Cosmetics. Thank you, Thrive. Thank you, Thrive. So Russell has an alibi, kind of. Uh, it's not really an alibi. If you're home alone sleeping by yourself. That's not an alibi. An alibi is the opposite of that. He is an, an- 
Antalibi. Antalibi. There we go. So he says, though, there was nothing romantic about that night. He went out with Angie and her friend Anita just as friends. No one believes him, though. And so police ask Anita about Russell. Did he seem to be romantically interested in Angie? Did she rebuff him, maybe? And he walked over to her place after, later that night, and attacked her. Anita doesn't know, but she does know that every man seemed to fall instantly in love with Anita. I mean, Angie. So no one really believes Russell when he says, no, we were all just friends. The day of the crime, sorry, the day after the crime, Russell leaves town for 24 hours. Now that's sussier than soap. No, he leaves town for 24 hours. He didn't move to Rome. Well, (laughs) he didn't pack everything into a bag, leave everything behind with coffee still in the coffee maker and a cat. So mildly concerning at best. Sudsy. So he he says he didn't even know about Angie's murder, even though it was all over the news and in the papers. Although this was the 84. It's not like he was getting Twitter updates or anything. So he says that's why he left town. He had not even heard about the murder. Now, at this point, Josh, I don't think, believes him because Josh is in a pose I've not seen him in. I don't think. He has his hands on his hips. Like this. Oh, I'm like into Like a teapot. It. Sorry, a, d- a double teapot. That's called the Wonder Woman. So let's... So, oh, he's doing... Okay, yeah. so he's doing the Wonder Woman with the two... Yeah, two hands on hips. And he's looking at the camera like... Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> So I don't know if he believes Russell about this whole thing. Now, police think that Russell has the motive because she spurned him, although that is totally made up in their heads. They do not know if that's true. And opportunity, which he did have. He doesn't have an alibi and he lived within walking distance of her. So opportunity. Walking distance. That gets me. Yeah. That's bad. They don't have any evidence, though. So police are kind of dissing Russell to Sheila, Angie's very good friend on the side. They're kind of like, well, Russell, we think, totally snapped Sheila. Like, why are they telling her this stuff? I don't feel like that's appropriate, but it's the 80s. Do we have police station gossip mill? Is that on our bingo (laughs) cards? But Sheila is not a police officer. They're literally, well, I'll tell you what we think happened. Normally, they're like, we're not supposed to discuss a case. We can't discuss anything you know, with you. That they have a very clear means to an end on this. Right. right. So they, I feel like, want Sheila to do their dirty work for Correct. them. Correct. So that's why they're like, you know, Russell's clearly snapped. Yeah. She dis- She turned him away. She spurned him. And he snapped. It was a moment of passion. So you're not going to be in danger if you go and maybe talk to him. Maybe ask him some questions. Maybe you guys have dinner together or something. He's not going to kill you, too. He's going to act totally normal. It's just a one-time thing for him. He is not going to act this way ever again. He's going to be totally normal with you. He is. It was a moment of passion. They can't say that. They don't know that. He's going to be acting like his total, normal, very quiet self. You should maybe go to dinner with him. They don't know so that. she agrees. Right. Of course they don't. <sighs> so she agrees, but she's freaking out the whole time. She's thinking, I'm having dinner with a murderer. I'm getting into a car with a murderer. Mm-hmm. First of all, you don't have to go in the car with him. You could meet him at the restaurant. Sheila. Yeah, no That's one what said I anything done. about a car. 
you didn't have to do a carpool thing. No. So they have dinner and he sticks to his story that he had nothing to do with this. Police ask Russell to take a polygraph and he's found to be truthful. But three months later, police look at the polygraph again, the results. And this time they think it shows that he was lying. Um, those are two completely different results. How do you get one set of results and then three months later you look at them and you get completely different results? This is really not good. Sometimes that happens when it is a different medical examiner doing an autopsy, which you can understand because it's two different people. It's not usually the same group of people. That It's almost like it's telling them what they want it to say. Almost. So Russell hires a lawyer and they can't talk to him anymore. Police tell Sheila he's leaving the country. We don't think that this is true because he doesn't. Uh-huh. So, again, it is almost like they are sicking Sheila on him and just very riling, dangerous, riling her up into a frenzy. It seems like it is. It's very dangerous. They're stoking the flames with Sheila. Russell does not leave the country. He goes on to become a successful architect. 30 years pass. No arrests are made. He now sits down with Mank and Dateline. And Mank says, you know, Angie was the kind of girl that men had crushes on all the time. Did you have a crush on her? And he says, no, I hardly knew her. Like, they had just become friends. Now, Anita had told the police that she felt like the evening centered around Russell and Angie. She kind of felt like she was the third wheel and that she was maybe there for appearances sake only. But given how the police were manipulating Sheila on this, I don't know if they maybe manipulated Anita on this as well. True. I didn't buy it. I don't really buy that that's what she thought. So she's that's what she had told them. Russell says he totally was talking with both of them. In fact, Angie went out on the dance floor and danced by herself. And he and Anita were chatting for a long time. So he doesn't say that it was like Anita was a third wheel or anything like that. So he does say he went to sleep after Angie and Anita dropped him off. And that's all he knew. Police had started interviewing him right after Angie was killed and regularly every couple weeks in the months after. They would swing by his work and say, you're coming with us. And they would talk to him again. So they talked to him for like dozens of times. Wow. They were becoming more and more aggressive and forcing him to look at crime scene photos and saying, you know, not just we think you did this, but you did this. We know you did this. And he always denied it. He never, I mean, he was not Brandon Dassey. He was sticking to his guns and saying, no, I didn't. But this is what explains why he got the attorney, so that they couldn't keep harassing him anymore. In 2004, it was 20 years after the crime. And Sheila has... 20 years. I don't know if she was... 20 years. Sheila had been feeling, I don't know if she was always religious, but she was religious at this point. She was doing Bible study. She said she was studying the Bible and she looked up and she saw Angie in front of her as clear as she saw Mank in a hanky sitting right there. 
she had been feeling Angie, but now she actually saw Angie in front of her. So she thinks, and I'm saying presenting that with no comment, because I do believe people can have those. I believe in that stuff. I don't want to sound like I'm a non-believer. What do you mean? I think I believe in spirits and stuff, and I believe in ghosts. And I think that that's, I've never had an experience like that. I just don't think I'm gifted in that way. But I believe that she believes that she saw Angie. Or maybe she did. Who's to say? I believe we don't know everything. Hmm. Thoughts? I feel like maybe it wasn't a ghost. Maybe it was a very, very strong will or manifestation. Mm -hmm. I I did see a vision of a lumberjack once. I don't know what she saw or not. I'm not going to go and say she needs a CAT scan on her brain or anything. I don't know what she saw. I don't. I Let's just say if people were thinking I was going to make fun of this, I'm not, and I didn't even roll my eyes. Good for you. Do you believe it's weirder, though, that she saw someone she knew than like a Victorian style blonde child in your house did she come out of nowhere i'm sorry what was the immediate before on this she was looking down at the bible i think and she looked up and there was angie and she wasn't thinking about her at all i don't think so interesting she's lucky then that's true you're right most people don't get that yeah they usually see a creepy victorian blonde child correct Or in my case, a lumberjack. Or the guy in Hill House, the tall guy with the top hat, your best friend. I hate that guy. Right, I know you do. I'm sorry to bring him up into the forefront of your brain again. Really? Or the Babadook or whatever, but people don't see, yeah, that she's lucky. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm sure most people who have lost someone would like to have seen them. But she felt this was a spurring on it is now time to do something about this she has always wanted to do something about this so now is the time so she calls the police and does not say i just saw angie (laughs) because i hope she didn't maybe she did and maybe that's why they don't take her very seriously she seems to have a pretty good relationship with the police. Uh, they're asking her to do she does, quite a few But not things. now, not with the current police. It's been 20 years. These new police are like, who are you? Oh, um, you saw your friend? Sure. We need this line for important calls. <laughs> so she says, I'm calling about my friend Angie. She was murdered 20 years ago. And they tell her no one has called in the past 20 years. Which is awful. That's, that broke my heart. That's horrible. That makes me sad. So Sheila decides to become a private investigator and try to solve the murder herself or at least get the police to take her seriously. So she calls them and she says she asks for all the files and she so she becomes a private investigator. She gets her license. She has a license and everything. She calls them and says, I'm a private investigator now and I want to see all the files in the case. I want to talk to the detectives. And she tells Mank it was not well received. That's not how that works, right? Yeah, No. And Mank says to her, but so they met with you. And she says, no. Well, they gave you all the evidence. No. They updated you on the case. No. It doesn't sound like it helped Sheila to become a private eye. 
I loved that. And I want, I thought he was going to keep going and be like, how much did it cost you to become private eye? How many classes did you have to take? How many months did it take? It got you nowhere, Sheila. I wish he had asked those questions <laughs> because I wanted the answers to those three questions so that specifically. you can become one. <laughs> I was thinking we both could become one. Yeah. For maybe a year. Yeah. We don't. And I'm not saying goes. we're going to be good ones, but... I think we might be mediocre ones. Mediocre is better than nothing. We both care. Yeah. Which is a step up. Yep. And I'm open to psychic abilities. Sitting in my car, just staring at a house for many hours at a time. I may or may not have thought that it would be very fun to do stakeouts and we could sit in the car and listen to that spicy mix. Yeah, eat spicy mix and maybe go get fast food. Yeah, listen to podcasts. I'm not going to say it's going to smell very good in that car, but I'm it's going to be fun. Yeah, That's going to be really fun. We got to get that van. Yeah. We got to do it in a van, sneaker yeah. style. Have to. We could get a decal on the side of the van that has like the name of a, a fake business. A satellite dish on the top. I Can we please? <laughs> I All right. Please join our Patreon so that you can support our dreams of becoming <laughs> private investigators for a year. Thank you very much. That's now where this podcast is headed. We're going to be it. part of our uh, own special investigative <laughs> detective team on Dateline. So we're going to start thinking of fake names for the side of the van. So Sheila starts to call the police uh, in a, I don't want to say stalking way. <laughs> But it's a stalking way. In one month, she calls 50 times to try to talk to the lead detective. Finally, a receptionist tells her he retired. He is no longer the lead detective. Because she called so much? Uh, no. no. <laughs> they don't say he that. He was like, I'm done. Yeah. I can't deal with Sheila anymore. Sheila, we're through. No, I think he just hadn't. De- they hadn't deactivated his voicemail. And uh, he had retired a while ago. But they had to be putting the calls through. So do we think the receptionist was told for the first 49 calls, don't say that he's retired and he was retired. Or the 50th call when he was retired, that was a lie. And he was sitting right next to her saying, tell her I retired. Okay, yeah. There is two options that he was retiring within the month. Like at the end of the month, so it was just putting it off, putting it off, putting it off until the day he retired and said, okay, now I'm officially retired. retired. Or he'd been long retired. The new person that had taken over just said, no, no, just keep putting it through. Keep putting it through to voicemail, yeah. Don't tell her that he's Mm -hmm. retired. It was a running thing that they shouldn't tell her that he was Uh retired. Yep. They would like take bets on what time of day she was yeah. going to call. Like, you owe me donuts. She called at 3 p.m. again. Like, they made a big joke about it. Sometimes the receptionist would use different accents, like pretending to be different people. Maybe sometimes it, she would pretend like it was a pizza place and the lines were crossed. And Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think they yeah. could have some fun with it. So she called. And so Mank says, wait, let me get this straight. You call 50 times in one month. And she says, I'm a little obsessive. That's a nice way of saying it. Finally, in 2008, they test the DNA that they got. And Sheila is sure it's going to be Russell's. She is just has been so frustrated that Russell got to have this good life and become this architect like Mr. Brady when he did this to Angie. 
And she's like, finally, he's going to jail. And then we cut to Mank in voiceover saying, well, just a minute. So not so fast. So it's been 23 years. They run it through the system. They get a match. The aunt, the detective calls Sheila. One A detective who is not retired calls Sheila. It was probably the first time they spoke because he never took her calls. And he says, you can stop calling us now. We've got him. And Sheila's like, you're going to jail, Russell. So excited. And the detective is like, it's not Russell. Mm. And Sheila is shocked. She says everything she had known her entire life was wrong. Which is exactly the same thing most of you are going to be thinking about buying a bra. Ain't that the truth? Because if you are out there, like my family, looking for bras that are specifically designed for small-chested women with double A to B cups, if you're looking for a company that's also founded by women... If you are looking for a company that doesn't have all the traditional stuffing and overstuffing unnatural padding that makes you look strange and odd in a normal t-shirt and isn't really comfortable, well, I have really good news for you. The company that you are looking for for some great new bras is Pepper. Yes, the IBTC club is in session and Pepper is the president. Woohoo! All my small-chested women out there, across the board, you're used to choosing a bra that is really the best of a bad situation. You've got to find something, and when you finally find something, you kind of got to tweak it to make it work. Finally, Pepper is here, and customers love Pepper. Pepper has sold one million bras in just five years. Obviously, there was a big cup gap in the market that needed to be filled. Pepper has over 12,000 five-star reviews, Because for the first time in many small-chested women's life, when they try Pepper, it's the first time they've tried a bra that actually fits. And finally finding a bra that fits you and your body Mm -hmm. is an empowering moment. And Pepper knows that. The founders know the struggle of finding that perfect fit. So they're designed to make you feel positive and empowered and love your body just as it is which is also why they were featured in publications like BuzzFeed, Oprah Daily, Glamour, CNN, NBC, and Pop Sugar. So try Pepper right now risk-free. They have free U.S. shipping and returns on orders over $99, and you can embrace the flat in flattering with bras that celebrate your body exactly as it is. Right now, Woo-hoo! a Date with Dateline listeners can get 20% off your first order when you go to wearpepper.com forward slash date. That's W-E-A-R-Pepper.com forward slash date to get 20% off your first order. That's wearpepper.com forward slash date. Because there's no need to feel salty anymore about bras that don't fit. Nope. Get yourself some pepper. Thank you so much, Pepper. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Katie, we all know I take fabulous care of my body. I lift, bro. I sleep 11 hours a night, and yesterday for breakfast, I ate three bags of vegetarian jerky. But I haven't always taken that good care of my brain. You only get one brain, unless you're in the Illuminati and can swap yours out every month like the celebrities do. There you go. True story. Meryl Streep is on Brain 76. You didn't know that, did you? 
Most of us pedestrians only get one brain, though, and you should take care of it as such. You can make your brain healthy by challenging it to learning new languages or solving a Rubik's Cube. But frankly, those things sound like a lot of work. I prefer therapy. I love my weekly therapy sessions. They help me deal with all the crises in my life, the real ones and the ones I've imagined in my head as being crises, like Dateline being on repeats for the past month that I have taken as being a personal attack against us. Probably. My therapist insists that it's not, and it's just because it's summertime. Thank you, therapist, for calming me down. The best part about BetterHelp is it's online therapy. It's whatever works for you. Video, phone, live chat sessions with your therapist. The second best thing is that it's more affordable than in-person therapy. And the third best thing is that you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours, which is absolutely unheard of in the traditional therapy world. Our listeners get $10 off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Dateline. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Dateline. Because all of our brains can use a little better help. Thank you, BetterHelp. And also that vegetarian jerky is really good. Yeah? You can't stop eating it. Is it? Yes, I'll be talking to my therapist about it next week. So Sheila has now had the wool pulled out from the rug pulled the rug pulled out from the under her the wool pulled over her eyes and the rug pulled out from under her she <laughs> that's it the wool in sheep's rugs clothing <laughs> there you go she is shooketh she is just secreting all over to learn that it is not russell and she has basically dedicated the past several decades to getting Russell locked up for life, maybe death penalty. I have a question for you. If yeah. she called the sheriff's office 50 times in a month, yeah. how many times do you think she called Russell? How many times did she call Russell? Great question. Did she pretend to be herself? Did she pretend? Did she stake out his house? Did she uh, tap his is, phone? This is did Giovanni's she... pizza. Uh, I haven't got a pizza <laughs> did for she... you, but I'm uh, calling about uh, Russell. <laughs> did you kill my friend? <laughs> and do you like pepperoni? Uh, do you know uh, Angie? Uh, thin crust, thick crust, or are you a murderer? Do you like a, a, a sharp knife or a long <laughs> knife? I mean, I think she tapped his phones. I think she sat outside with the binoculars. And the, yeah, the aunt. I'm getting the, something. I'm getting something. Yeah. No one can see me, but She's I'm holding, holding an imaginary like long satellite, satellite boom type thing. Where I can yeah. somehow magically um, hear through walls. Yeah. yeah. I think she, I think she found a f- woman that Russell didn't know to date Russell. I think she set up a whole catfish thing and the woman had to get close to Russell. This is how far I think Sheila went. Like an employee of hers? She hired hired someone or a professional For a meet cute. See, they bumped into each other at the market. It was all set up. Pardon pardon me, sir. I appear to have dropped all these And they had to become close. And that woman would call her. She would go through his trash and his get access. She would set a recorder in there. She would put a tracker on his car. She would call Sheila crying from the bathroom saying, he wants to make out with me. I thought this was just a job, but I'm having feelings for (laughs) Russell. And Sheila would say, stay on the job. Amber. Amber. And Pull it together. She would be, 
call it together. Are you a pro or not? And you're getting thirteen twenty five an hour, Amber. <laughs> I think she ruined poor Amber's life. And okay, no, this is what it is. It's the first season of Homeland, and she, there we go. And Amber is Claire Danes, yeah. and Russell is Damien. What's his face? And she thinks he's part of Al Qaeda now. And so she but so she just starts to date him and they have a meet cute, which equals very hardcore sex in a car. And then she falls for him and then she doesn't think he's part of Al Qaeda. But then she thinks he might actually be part of Al Qaeda and she's still in love with him. She doesn't know what she's going to do. And she went off her bipolar medication because she was trying to solve the case with a red string wall. I'm sorry. Was he part of Al Qaeda? Did we ever figure that out? I'm going to rewatch, but can you just tell me right now? I don't want to ruin it for all the people. Can you just tell me right now? I will tell you after, but... I'm writing it down. I'm giving you a signal with my hands. Oh. Okay. I'm giving you a signal with my hands, and I am either shaking or nodding my head aggressively. Is it worth watching beyond season two of Homeland? No, and I still have never gotten through season four or beyond but season one is still i think one of the best seasons of any show i, I mean, have not such seen a good it season. in a long time that would be a fun rewatch so season let us one. know if you <laughs> want us to cover homeland is anybody doing this is anybody writing down a list yeah. of all the dozens of shows we've it's offered been to cover a lot our, our most recent was hgtv like house hunters and we did get a lot of a lot of people would like us to cover at least just one episode. So so Sheila is feeling, back to the story, Sheila is feeling tremendously guilty for basically dedicating her life to getting this innocent man. And possibly light stalking. I think I can, yeah. I mean, we Definitely knowing where he works, what gym he goes to, mm -hmm. what his wife's name is. All the way to possibly paying a woman to... Um, have him fall for her and reveal all of his secrets. And maybe not a red string wall, but definitely large three ring binders yes, filled with absolutely. information. I mean, but Sheila is who you would want. She's just very misguided this whole time. But I really blame the police for that. And I, she is the friend that you would want. No, she is. But, she is the dogged friend. Right. Going but after we don't sure. we don't condone doxing or any of the behavior that we are imagining Sheila to allegedly have done. we we don't we know. don't know what she did but she really thought he did it she really and if thought I did really it and the funniest part did it I would be indignant I know you would and this is where I'm gonna give Sheila a little bit of credit I'm giving her lots of credit yeah she does not say well I just think it's him anyways which seems to be the attitude a lot of people take when they're faced with yep hey you're wrong <laughs> and instead of doubling down she was like yeah Oh, okay. I was really surprised. She still admits, I can't yep. fight this glaringly obvious evidence. Leah Askey. She is not Leah Ask. She's not asking it up at all. So she says, I was wrong. I feel really guilty. And the funny part is that Russell has no idea how hard Sheila has been trying. 
he doesn't know that his girlfriend of four years was actually a plant from Sheila. Again, that's something we totally made up. But allegedly. he has no allegedly, but he has no idea that Sheila has been trying so hard to get him arrested. He knew the police had always thought it was him, but he doesn't think he did had no idea about Sheila. Yeah. So he doesn't say I told you so though. Mank is shocked that he doesn't seem upset. He says, no, I'm not going to say I told you. He says, none of this brings Angie back. The only good thing is that I really don't have to worry anymore that the police are going to arrest me. But it doesn't really change much. And so the police chief calls him to apologize on behalf of the department. And we are sorry. We, you know, apologize. We wish you well. And he feels great. And Mank says, that's all it took. That's all the interrogations. Everything they put you through. He's like, yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm so happy they apologize. Turns out Russell is a gem of a human. He is. He's just a really he nice He really guy. is. He's very quiet and just mellow. I think his emotions don't fluctuate very far in either direction. I think he's just very solid. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, it was great. I've moved on. I hold nothing against the police. I never have. I was thrilled that I even got an apology. Wow. And Mank is like, I would have burned down the station. <laughs> I would have Are burned you kidding this place me? to the ground. <laughs> Mank is so unhappy on his behalf, on Russell's behalf. And Russell's like, no, it's fine. I'm great. And he does say, I do think, what if I hadn't gone out with her that night? I would not have been in that predicament. And the fate of that one decision cast a very long shadow for Angie and for all of us. And that's true. But I mean, that's anything could that's be said true. about. I know decision. you could cross the street one second later and you're hit by a bus. It, it's it's literally I mean, anything is a sliding doors moment. He does say, what if I hadn't been able to hire a lawyer? That's true, too. If That's you had not true. been able to hire a lawyer, which is why poor people are massively screwed over by the justice system all the time, Correct. every day, Correct. he would be in jail and he could have gotten arrested and he could have been convicted on the no evidence that they had. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe he would have gotten a crackpot public defender. I mean, sorry, Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack. Uh, crackpot, Cracker Jack. Yeah. I mean, those don't usually exist because they're usually so overworked. Not that they're not smart. They're just so overworked by the system. So who is the killer? Yeah. His name is Donald Andrew Bess. Who? Who? The police have never heard of him. Angie had never heard of him. His DNA was on file and became a match. He had been... Sheila had never Angie, heard of him. No, she, well, Sheila had never heard of him, but to all no one's heard of it. Accounts, no one had heard of him. Angie did not know him, so he had been out on a rape charge for six months when he attacked Angie. He had already been charged with several rapes, and that is why his DNA was on file when they could later test it, and it was a match. So she did not know him when he knocked on her door that night and she let him in. And the police explained that it was a more innocent time. And that's the only reason they could think of why she would let him in. I don't. Pe this different time argument is wearing thin. I mean, I think in small towns that might happen, too. If someone said my car broke down, can I come in? Can I use your phone? 
It's very strange, but that appears to be what happened. He has never admitted to killing Angie, though. He is charged with it, and it goes to trial. He is now 61 years old. Sheila sees him in court. Yes. Was he in prison at the time? I got the impression he was in prison already. You mean in the present when they find out it's in him? In the present when they find out it's him. Is he currently serving time? I don't know that. Huh. But he does okay. have this string of rape charges and had only been out for seven months. So okay, he, he's 61, goes on trial. Sheila sees him, thinks he looks pure evil. Anita and Russell testify about that night at the club. And Russell says he was terrified to look at Donald. And Mank says, you're thinking you're the reason I was under suspicion for so long. And Russell says, no, that's not what was going through my mind at all. And I laughed so hard because Mank cannot get a handle on Russell's personality. No, he cannot. <laughs> cannot figure it's like him out. Russell is the anti-Mank. He is. He because Mank is like very passionate about everything. And Russell's just like, no, that's not what I was like. Everything Mank loves to do that call and response thing. Dennis does too. Like, so you're thinking, blah, blah, blah. They both do that. And they expect the other person to say, yeah, of course, that's exactly what I was thinking. And in this case, no matter what Mank says, Russell's just like, no, actually, no, that's not the case at all. Have you come across people like that in your life, though? I have. I feel like it's usually people who are really into crystals. <laughs> we just operate on different planes. Wavelengths. Yeah. You know, you don't, and I, I don't really know what to say. It's like, no, I don't really watch TV. Okay. I don't, we're very different. I think I've seen it when I've watched like talk show hosts talking about what their worst interviews are or reporters or whatever right. talking. And it's those people who just say the opposite of what you think because you you give them this big lead up to how to answer a question and then they just shut it down immediately or give one word response. Yes, no, nothing. Russell's just so even keeled that he's just like, no. But he did say he was scared. So instead of thinking like... He's angry. You're the reason I was under suspicion. He's thinking, dude, don't come after me. He's not me. coming after you. He's scared of this man in the courtroom. He's not it's coming very after you, Russell. That he's, was like he a can't weird hurt you. Response no. to me, but it's just so funny how not angry he is. He's not, not even angry at the guy who did it. And Mank cannot grasp. No, it. Mank is having a rough time. I would have a rough time. You would have a rough time. We would oh, all have a rough time. Yeah. So the t then we meet. We need to Donald's ask Mank about him, by the way. Oh, yeah, we, we totally really do. need to ask him. Okay, I'm going to yeah. write it down. Does anything make Russell angry? Yeah. Ever. Oh, my Has God. Has anything ever upset Russell? So then we meet Donald's defense attorney. Her name is Robbie McClum. McClung? With, um, McClum, Clung. I thought it Clung was. With a G. McClung. She has ruby red slipper lipstick on. He says his DNA being in the house just proves that he had sex with Angie. It could have been consensual. Here we go. We can see this coming ready, a mile guys. away. The minute she Get starts ready. saying this, I'm like, why? Stop. Stop. Why? And why? then you want, and I know we're going to get people that go, it's the defense attorney's job to put on a defense, even if they don't believe it. But that doesn't mean I don't get to be angry about it. 
Because Russell's not getting angry for me, so I need to get well, angry Just like about they it. get to put on a defense, we get to refute their defense React and to say it. this yeah. is inappropriate. Yeah. So Mank says, so you're telling me that Angie had sex with convicted rapist Donald. And she says, well, I, I can't tell you that. No one can tell you but Angie and Donald. And she says the real suspect should be her boyfriend, Ben. Because I don't believe that Angie would let in a stranger and then get so scared that she calls her boyfriend and then hangs up. His actions are super suspicious. I think she was overtaken by someone she knew, like her boyfriend or Russell or her ex, Lance. Come on. And Mank says, or maybe it was someone holding a knife and she was scared. And she goes, well, it still could be someone she knew. And it could still be someone other than Donald. Someone like Ben. And Ben, ben there, done that, Robbie. We're done. Yeah, yep, we're done we've with been Ben. There. We've been there. And so they, so she blames Angie then. Because victim blaming is alive and well. And no, it was way I, worse back no. then. This has got a very specific sting to it. She says, it was Angie's fault, really. She made Ben jealous at the club. No. So she says, this bouncer at the club talked about the way she was dressed. Miss McClung, I'm going to <sighs> the need way you she to was sit acting, down. Take sit several down. seats. She was flirting with him. And that, in fact, that's how she got in the club. She was flirting with the bouncer. And Mank does not like this. Mank, champion of women, says, um, you're kind of making her out to be sort of trampy, which is hilarious that he's a trampy. And she says, I know, it sort of sounds that way, doesn't it? Like she's suddenly like bashful or ashamed of herself. Here's exactly the way it happens. I'll act it out for you. So Mank says, you're kind of making her out to be sort of. And she says, I know it sort of sounds that way, doesn't it? And he says, trampy. And she says, trampy seems to be a harsh word. I wouldn't, I would say things weren't exactly the way they seem. And there was some reckless behavior. Nope. And maybe someone found out about this flirty, reckless behavior. And maybe he could have been madder than he appeared to be. You can't say that I said that, but, and I'm This could have been just this. Saying. I'm not saying that she's that kind of girl. I'm not but saying what she, she deserved kind of it because her skirt was so short. But someone else right. might say that. And I know maybe Gross. she works for someone Disgusting. who is a man and he made her put on that defense. And this is her job. I get that, but that doesn't mean we can't be grossed out by it. We get to be grossed out by it. This is a really bad defense, and I think looking back now, I'm hoping she's. I just don't know what other option one. she has because she had the DNA was there, so she has to go for. It's pretty gnarly, no matter how yeah. you slice it. But essentially, she's saying he she had consensual sex with Donald, and her boyfriend found out that she was flirting with a bouncer. So Donald was at 
the club or, this no, night? No, he, 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 maybe they had already been having an affair, or maybe he did knock on her door to use her phone, and then they had consensual sex. And then Ben came that over at the same time because he had heard about the bouncer. Again, why is the bouncer oh, involved? Found her in bed. Donald and was Donald. like, I was worried about the bouncer, but now you're cheating on me with this other guy that's twice your age. Okay. Okay. So Sheila is horrified. Shame on them. Bravo, Sheila. We are all thinking that. It doesn't work, though. This horrible defense does not work. The jury deliberates for less than an hour. Donald is found guilty, and he gets the death penalty. And Mank tells Sheila that she should be proud that she fought so hard. And Sheila says she hopes Angie can rest in peace. She doesn't mention Russell. I'm sure she wishes Russell well. And we're ending on on Angie. We She hopes Angie can rest in peace now that there is an answer to who her killer was. And she got justice. Do you think that Sheila owes him an apology? She does. And I think she said it on Dateline and that was good. And I don't know if she called him personally or said it to him in person. He doesn't seem like he cares that much. I feel Either like way. the Dateline apology is going to be plenty. Yeah. Maybe good. she said so Boy, high in the courtroom, nice. but like he's not holding a grudge. I would like to live in Russell's world. I would love to not hold a grudge. Or as Taylor Swift said, I bury hatches, but I keep maps of where I put them. So let's talk about B-roll. Do you have any B-roll? I do. I have some B-roll. Sheila sitting in front of a fountain. Lots of <gasps> So Sheila. much B-roll. But there's a really important, I mean, there's one overarching B-roll that's incredibly important, and that is kind of undefinable because I don't know what to call it besides I started calling it swirling patinaed wheels, and then I started calling it undulating rods. And then I called it the moving sculpture in water because then we see it's in water at one point, but it's these undulating, literally connected metal. What is it? Okay. So I called it a, I called it a rotating art piece. Oh, that's way better than the undulating (laughs) rods. It is a metal work type of art piece that moves. That has patina to a bluish color. It moves. And what's interesting about it is it sort of reminds me of a double helix. And yes, so it does. It, oh, like DNA. Exactly. And That's so it. it they focus on it throughout the whole episode. At one point, it shows Angie's face, and then the rods undulate and come up on the other side, and Angie's face disappears, it, I, and you I see think Russell's I face. I didn't see it. Did I think you, you only see, you see what you want to see in this art piece, like good art. It touches you in the way you need to be touched and or secreted. Stop and that. so it it I'm taking that word away. That I and finger, saw you're done. Double you're helix. Done um but they use it throughout the whole episode. Whoever built that is so excited or maybe not excited that it's on the dateline, but like it's the mouse trap. One hundred percent the mouse trap. If you don't know what we're talking about, that was a Patreon episode called Deadly Conspiracy. And we see the game mousetrap throughout the whole thing in B-roll like so a thousand times. times. Uh, so the ro- that then we see a lot of like DNA lab stuff, big lab fridge, yeah. like a garage second fridge, and cutting up a Q-tip 
and then like somebody's randomly squirting blood all over a card like you do if you have an Everly Well test, but they're doing this haphazardly, like not in the circles. Like the whole goal is to fill in a circle like when you're doing a scantron and they're just squirting it all over, almost like you have a pen that you're trying to see if it works, but it's with blood all over this card. It was very strange. It was a little funny. That lab tech is drunk. I don't know what they were doing. In we that get B-roll. some strange B-roll in this. At one point, we get Russell, his picture, they're showing a picture of him and it goes from being a negative. So it's black with the outlines into color. Mm, that means something. Think, okay, the lawyer has red ruby slippers. It's a Wizard of Oz thing. Red lips, you mean? She, lips. Um, we see a close-up of the polygraphed room the door and they have a sign on it like those hotel signs that say come back later for maid service and it says quiet please polygraph in progress oh very much like interrogation 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 office gareth keenan interrogation investigation (laughs) in progress that's the british office um sheila is walking Sheila is reading. Sheila at is home. doing everything. Sheila she gets has a so giant vase filled with lemons. Did you see I think the lemons? That's in her PI office. I think she makes money. Wow. Impressive. Isn't lemons feng shui? Maybe. Lemons in a bowl, I Do think, you have is to feng shui. Fill up their real Citrus lemons or are they fake lemons? Somebody back me up, please. That's a thing. No, it, that right. makes sense. I believe that. Uh, we see Robbie McClung in front of this big glass wall. She is McClunging to that stupid defense. In front of this sort of wall of windows. And it's her in shadow on the phone. And then she just walks away. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm grumpy with her because I did not like that defense. None of us It's do. not her as a person. It's the defense that she chose for this. I find it yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Passion, please. Okay. So Russell makes an interesting Dateline choice. He's wearing a leather jacket and a white shirt and frameless glasses. Yeah. Which all just no, seem he's Russell. Very yeah. Russell, right? He's Russell. He looked like an architect. Yeah. And he's drawing. Oh, we forgot to say, he's drawing in his B-roll. He's in this weird sort of long rectangular office with a really long, interesting table with a bunch of chairs and a vertical line. And then he's drawing what uh, appears to be a building. Okay, so Mank has this suit on and he has a checked black and white shirt. Yes. With a very white sort of Peter Pan collar. Or maybe it was a pointy collar. I don't know. It's a pointy collar. I just was imagining it's an Peter Pan. Executive and a pink shirt. tie. Yes. So the it's shirt cute. is black and white checked with the pink tie. And then there's this jacket that we have seen before. The leather bomber jacket. With the weird embossed pattern mm-hmm. on it that is like a maze or a spider web. Or something. We have to ask him about the jacket. Yeah, what? what is Because we've the seen it in another episode, and we s- could not figure out what that pattern is. But it, it's a le- yeah. The leather is. I don't know if embossed is the right word. Like raised or sunken. Embossed. Yeah. Embossed. embossed pattern. I'm writing it. Yeah. down. I'm writing it on a post-it. I have this new post-it thing. We're gonna. I'll ask write him tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. And then he also. He- he has a couple really good hankies in this. 
a bright white hanky, which always looked mm-hmm. good, and a satin mm. red hanky. It's very fancy. I'm wondering if that's a nod to Robbie to match her ruby lipstick. Is Robbie no. his Leah Askey? No. No. Yeah. No, I think she regrets it. I think if she I'm could sure. go back, she would I feel would like not she might hate her this. job and not have wanted to do that. Yeah. But then I don't know if I would go on Dateline. Yeah, that's true. If Unless I her boss made her. Defense, hey. The time has come. Oh, no. It's okay. Mine Is aren't that the- good. How many of yours have the words secrete in them? I'm going to ask that before we do this because I don't want to be surprised. Can, can I just not say mine, but you, you guys can imagine they're all very funny and use the word secrete? Do you want me to insert laugh track? Yeah. Okay. How about secreter and lies? <laughs> just do for anything with secret. See, that's secret. the best title. Anything with secret. That's the best title. What's another secret title? Secreter liaisons? What's a just think of anything with the word secret in it? What you got? Secreter of Nim? <laughs> I got nothing. You're just completely drawing a blank in front of me. I can see I'm looking at your face and you're thinking really the sec- hard. This secreting garden? There we go. Nailed it. She did it, folks. Good job. I have when life gives you lemons, become a d- private investigator. I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, she has that face of lemons. That was I good. really had nowhere with the title. I, I secreted all the good titles <laughs> out of my head. You did. You've been ill. It's fine. What about Angie's list of suspects? Great. That's it. There was a list. Uh, Why did they change their name? How about... Is that a political correct thing? Who? Angie's list. What's it called now? Just Angie's. Or Angie. Copyright. TM. No, they bo- they were Angie's list for many years. Maybe Craigslist sued. They were like, we already have no, Craigslist. We're I think not Angie's, doing Angie's list came list. first. I don't want. She got mad. I don't know. Too wordy. Simplify. Marie Kondo, your LLC name. <laughs> what about a different time, same old crime? Because they kept saying that. Okay, and then how about save the best for last? Bess, the guy. Who oh, did it. Bess. You said Bess. I said Bess. And he was the last suspect. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's it. That's what I got. He's simply the best. Except he's the worst. Except he's the actual worst. The actual worst. Right. He's secreted. No, secreted. stop saying he's, it. I'm leaving. He's a non secreter, though. The non secreter suspect. I'm still not 100% clear on what. It actually means, and when you explained it, you just said what they said in the episode, and I didn't understand it then either. So, but no, I said if I am a secretor and I have my semen go everywhere, and that's not how biology works. And if my saliva or sweat, you could analyze my sweat or my bodily fluids and tell what my blood type was. But if I'm a non-secreter, but what are you secreting? You can't. I'm not asking the. I'm not asking the the question I need to get the proper answer. This is on me. I'm not asking what? the right question. For some reason, I'm looking for something more scientific, which you're not going to know. And Dateline is not did not provide us. So. It's you're secreting. I know your markers for that show blood type. So 
you're either, if you're a secretor, what you secrete has markers for your blood no, type. No, I got a that. A negative, A positive, B positive, O what negative, is whatever. that? When some people do it and some people don't. Right. The majority of people, 80%. And the other do. people don't because they're what? They're what? They have too much insulin? No, I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't know be, the science behind it. If that's what you're looking I for, was, I don't for know why. Reason, I don't. I was looking but for But why science. are some people A negative and some people are AB positive and some people are O? Oh, well, that's. It's just science. No, that's a conspiracy. That's all made up by the government to confuse you. So let's move on. <laughs> Kidding. That would be a great conspiracy to start, though. Do you want to have some fun? Let's start a blood type conspiracy. Yeah. That'll be great. I'm cool. sure there already is one. Is there? We can't even come up with a new conspiracy? I've sh- I don't even know if there are any new ones out there that have not been. Uh, all right. We'll just have to stick to our new PI company. Thank you, everyone. You know what? Love you guys. Follow us on social media. Check us out our Patreon because we have bonus episodes. And be your own secretor. Check out our upcoming GoFundMe for the K&K PI Institute. I feel like I want a Scooby-Doo van if we're going to solve crimes. I kind of do, too. It's conspicuous, though. It's super conspicuous. But maybe it's so conspicuous that it's inconspicuous. Right. Let me think about this. We'll come Blend up with Blend in in plain sight or we whatever. We can't do a GoFundMe for van painting. It has to be for our actual PI degrees. The van has to be secondary to us getting actual certification. Right. Okay. That's fair. We'll see how long that takes. Any yeah. PIs out there, let us know. Let us we'll, We need some information to see if we'll lose interest. <laughs> it might be like when we said we were going to recap the Or watch or The Wire. It might be a little bit like that. I'm not saying for sure. I'm just saying maybe. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. For want fun. us to do K and K investigates because I want to know. I don't know if people would hire us, but I think we would be good. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, didn't we in the first season of the show think we should start an agency where we could teach people who are suspects in a murder how to act? Why did if they ever we went on that? Dateline? Oh, yeah, to go on Dateline, but not. Yeah, we were going to coach them through the process. Maybe this is something we should talk to Mank about because Mank has ideas and Keith had an idea. What was his perps for? Oh, yeah. What was his perks for perps? (laughs) He did have a good idea. I got to re-listen. He had a TM when we interviewed him. Maybe we could all go in together. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Okay. They'll bring the name recognition. Just and the validity. We don't yeah. have a lot of, I mean, I'm not. No, we, we have no credibility. No, we yeah. don't.